Some people like to sit in the back. One of the opportunities in sitting in the front is I can hear you sing better, and I really appreciated the singing this morning. Just an encouragement and a blessing. And when Travis was reading the uh, hymn history, maybe I ought to start when I visit some people to sing a song for you <laughs> before I share scripture and pray with you. Or we can come along with you. <laughs> <laughs> BBS is this week, and as I was thinking about VBS, a good opportunity to reach out to our community, good opportunity for people to be involved in ministry, I thought I would take this morning to touch on an issue that is very closely related to VBS, and that is direct some comments to men, to husbands, to fathers to boys, because I think it is very, very critical that we as men, husbands, fathers, get encouragement. Sometimes we need rebuke. Sometimes we need correction, depending on where you are in life. And we'd like to use an illustration for you ladies who are cooking. If you're using a crock pot, tell me if you follow this pattern. You take the meat, we'll say, that goes in the crock pot, you put on the lid, you take this section out and set it over here. You plug it in. And then you set the timer and leave, hoping that when you come home, the food will be hot and ready to eat. You say, Pastor, no one does that. Well, let me illustrate. I'm going to take off the lid. I'm going to pour into this crock pot. And the crock pot is going to represent Vacation Bible School. It's going to re represent a one or Sunday school. Some little creatures that we've had for many, many years around the house. I think our kids had them when they were kids. So we're pouring the kids into VBS or Sunday school or Awana or teens. We're going to take this out and set it over here. Let the heating unit represent dad. And mom. And if you separate the two, you have major issues. Ministry to children, by God's design, comes in the context of a family, a husband, a wife, a mom, and a dad, where they may be in life, seeking to impact their children for Christ. Reaching out to children, reaching out to teenagers, a good thing. But that in the context of parents who are believers teaching and training and instructing their children. Probably most of us as men, husbands, fathers, teen guys and boys, may know that we have a function in life, you know. We say we, we know we're supposed to love our wives if we're husbands. We're supposed to teach and train our children. So my purpose this morning is not so much to look at specific text, but to encourage you if you need encouragement, to rebuke you, to correct you if you need that, for the glory 
of God. And the first thing I want to mention that we as men, as husbands, as fathers, need to be concerned passionately about ourselves. Say, so what do you mean? About ourselves, the thought we were to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. Yes. But when I say be passionately concerned about yourself, I'm talking about the fact that we are in Christ, passionately concerned that we're walking with Christ so that our being, our character is developed. I don't want to give a list of things that says, if you do these things, you're a good husband or a good father. My greater passion is our being, our character, who we are as individuals. In Romans 1 through 11, in Ephesians 1 through 3, in Colossians 1 and 2, you find that Paul talks about the fact that the believer is in Christ. And then he talks about how the believer is to live. Men, husbands, fathers, if you're a believer in Christ, you're in Christ. Who you are in Christ, how you live in relating to God, how you live in relating to Christ, walking in the Spirit, will influence how you behave day by day. Our being, our character, our in Christ is so very, very critical. The development of our being, the development of our character, the development of knowing Christ, the development of walking with God day by day. The mind being renewed to reflect upon God. You guys go to work. You go to school if you're younger. Reflecting upon the fact that I'm not here primarily for a wage. I'm here primarily for God's glory to work hard unto the Lord. And God in his grace even gives me a fringe benefit by giving some financial remuneration for working. But renewing the mind. Reflecting on Christ. Meditating. Some spiritual disciplines. Prayer. Interacting with God's Word. Can we be as men, husbands and fathers, what God desires for us if we take in from the world via news, movies, sports, computer, hours a week, but minutes a week in reflecting on God, being in Christ, Scripture, prayer, meditation, and interacting with other godly men. Do you spend as much time with the news as you do with the Father? The development of our inner person, our walk with God, is so very, very critical. Can I as a father, can I as a husband, can I as a grandfather say to Ruth Ann, to my children, to my grandchildren, to my <clears throat> daughters-in-law, son-in-law, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Do you have a passionate desire to be holy as God is holy? 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 through 16. Are you experiencing Christ? 
who we are comes out in how we live. Being a godly man, being a godly husband, being a godly father is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's walking with the Father, with the shepherd Jesus Christ, in humble dependency upon the Spirit. If you're walking with him, being sensitive to him, continue. If you're not, and the Spirit deals with you, then be willing to make shifts. Take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, as men and husbands and fathers are developing, loving God and walking with Christ, sensitivity to the Spirit of God, those items being considered in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. In chapter 5, he talks about the husband-wife relationship. And in verse 25 of Ephesians 5, husbands... Love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself or to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hateth his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does of the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Guys, if you're a husband or a future husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why? To make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. As husbands, we're called to love our wives. How, as Christ loved the church. And because of Christ's love for the church, he gave himself up for the church so that the church, the body of Christ, can be holy, cleansing the church by washing with water through the word so that it can be presented. The church, the body of Christ, can be presented to himself, that is to God, as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. One of the things that makes me shake in my shoes and I often cry out to God is that Ruth Ann's holiness, her becoming more like Christ is dependent upon my loving her as Christ loved the church. My love for her should result in her being more holy, more Christ-like, more sin-free as we go on in our years together as a husband and a wife. And to love her as Christ loved the church.
to love her, to lead her, and to develop her, to help her be what God desires for her. That may involve praying with her, which I think is very important, reading and discussing Scripture together, teaching Scripture, listening, developing holiness. Guys, why do we struggle so to pray with our wives? To share scripture, to discuss scripture, to read scripture together. Have we ever considered that an enemy is out to defeat us? We have some conflict in the marriage. Let's be men and say, honey, I've not been responding very well and you haven't been responding very well. We probably need to stop right now and defeat the enemy and I'm going to lead us in prayer. We have this decision to make. Let's seek God's word together. Let's be in our knees together praying about this decision. It's what God desires. What is your plan if you're a husband to be Christ to your wife? What is your plan to be Christ to your wife? Do you desire to develop and how are you developing your wife into holiness? And if you're working in that, keep it up. If the Spirit of God is saying, you know, you need to make a shift, then make a shift. Is your wife more holy, more Christ-like because of your influence of teaching and praying and loving and so on? When was the last time you said to another man, will you come and get together with me? Let's get on our knees together before God and cry out to God, God, we need wisdom in loving our wives as Christ loved the church so that we can present, our wives can be presented to you holy and blameless. A passionate, our primary calling in life is to love our wives. We care for ourselves and our walk with God, loving our wives as Christ loved the church. And skipping down to verse 4 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. <clears throat> my training of my children is dependent upon my walk with God, and my relationship with my wife. Guys, the best thing you can do for your children is to love their mother, lead their mother, help her develop in her walk with Christ. That's the best thing you can do for your children and grandchildren. <clears throat> and then... As Paul says, do not exasperate your children. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. To teach. Train them how to live. Admonish them. Bring them back on track when they 
drift from the target. Pray with them. Share scripture with them. Read scripture. Teach scripture to them. Model. Follow me as I follow Christ. Develop a dependency upon Christ. Just how to live. I've heard over and over again, people say, here's what my dad did with me. Here's what my dad did with me. Dad took me here. Dad did this with me. How many children, as they grew up and moving into adulthood, said, Dad did a lot of things with me, but some of the most precious things he did with me was to pray with me. To take time on a consistent basis to read Scripture with me, to teach me how Scripture looks in daily life. I would come home from school, and Dad could tell something was wrong, and Dad would say, Son, daughter, what's wrong? And I would share, and Dad would say, Son, daughter, Let's just stop and pray together about this. And then take the Bible and say, here's what God says about how to live and how to respond. Seventeen-year-old daughter comes in the house some night and dad can tell that she's highly upset. And daughter just ready to break apart. My boyfriend broke up with me. And dad says, it'll be okay, honey. And hugs her, holds her close, and whispers in her ear, honey, let's pray. And then takes her to Scripture and says, now, you're a believer in Christ. Christ is your life. You'll get through this. There's something much better than finding a guy, and that is knowing Christ. And if you can know Christ in this circumstance of life, you can learn to know him if you are to marry in the future and know how to live as a wife. We take our children to sports. We may go to games with them. We can take them to all kinds of activities. Are we praying with them? Are we reading scripture? Are we going to help a neighbor with them, teaching them how to minister, how to live and how to respond? What is your plan? What is my plan to teach and admonish my children? Or what is yours to teach and admonish your children? few years back, I was interacting with a younger guy. He was in his late 20s at the time, and he was telling me his plan for retirement. Well, that's interesting. You know, not a bad idea. Maybe to start in your 20s. But I... And he, you know, kind of had it planned out so he could retire when he wanted to and so on. I didn't ask him. Maybe I should have. But I should have said, what's your plan as a father for your children to teach and admonish them.
What I'm going to share now is a true account. This happened several times in my life, and I won't tell you when it has happened in my life. There have been several occasions where I've had a young man come to me in late teens. And as we're talking, and in this one particular case, talking about God and just loving God and walking with God. And the young man being raised in a Christian home. And him saying to me, I'm not sure what religion I want to follow. I'm not sure what God I want to follow. And I say, what do you mean? Why don't you know? You are in a Christian home. Well, he said, I really don't know any Christians that are living godly. And as the conversation went on, he did mention four specific men. in our church that he thought were probably seeking to live godly. But his biggest issue was, I see my dad day by day. He doesn't love my mother. He doesn't take time to treat us or teach us. He says one thing in a public setting, but he does another in responding to his family. I'm not sure I want to follow a God because of my dad. Men, we may do all the right things, but where's our character, our being? My children saw as they were growing up how I treated Ruth Ann. They saw how I responded when things were tense. They saw how I responded when there was a shortage of finances. They saw how I responded when Ruth Ann spent time in the hospital. They saw how I drive, drove my car. They listened to how I spoke about those in authority over me. And all the time, seeing my character. Our being comes through so loud and clear. One of the tools of the enemy, Satan, that he uses to lure us as men, as husbands, as fathers from what God's desire, design would be 
is just the plain old issue of passivity. How many of us men, weeks ago or months ago or years ago, have said, well, I was planning to do that then. You know, I did want to pray more with my wife. I did want to teach my kids more. But time has passed, and I guess there's really no hope. Or we're just passive. Well, I know I should be renewing my mind more and develop my character, but just never get around to it. Passivity. I'm convinced that if Satan could do two things in the world, the two he would do in this order, I'll take that back, three, the three he would do in this order would be to lure men and husbands and fathers not to love God. Secondly, he would lure husbands to be passive in loving their wives. And thirdly, he would lure fathers to be passive in teaching and training their children. And if he accomplished those three, he got the world where he wanted. And he did that in Genesis 3. He lured Adam from trusting God and fulfilling his role as a husband which then influences his children, which influences us today. The enemy is out to defeat. We're in a spiritual battle. Just last night, Ruth Ann said to me, I even hate to admit this. She says, Dan, you're trying to control me. We've been at this 42 years. And it was in a minor issue in life. And I said, honey, I'm sorry. You know, will you forgive me? But I had to recognize that the enemy was trying to get in there. A little bit later, we took some time to pray together. Do I see that as the enemy? The world system, my own sinful nature, trying to hinder? And I said, it should take some time to teach my children scripture, but... Maybe tomorrow. Do we see that as the enemy trying to lure you into passivity? If we are passionate and desire to be godly men and godly husbands and godly fathers, oh, how we need to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to come alongside each other and admit when we struggle Rejoice when we do well and literally be in our knees together praying for one another. Praying 
for our wives, our children, and our grandchildren. The enemy, since the beginning of time, has done very well. Maybe having a lot for children, but set apart from dad. Do for children, yes, but in the context of a husband and a father. Walking with God. I'm not here to say, guys, get with the program. I'm here to say, let's follow God as men, as husbands, as fathers. Your wives and children and single gals and so on, praying for men and husbands and fathers. If you're here and you're 30 and you have children that you're teaching and training, be faithful. If you're here and you're 60 or 70 and you look back and say, I did some things well and there's some things I didn't do well, I guess, you know, I may as well throw in the towel. No, step up. Don't be afraid to make a shift as you get older. One of the greatest joys that I've had is to see an older man in my life who has since gone to be with the Lord in his 80s and into his 90s saying, I'm not arrived yet. (laughs) And I'm going to be sensitive to God. And how he responded to his family, it came through. He was willing to say to his family, I've not arrived. I've made some mistakes. I blew it yesterday. Will you pray for me? And to this day, even though he has gone Physically, he remains a model for me that when I'm 80 or 90, if I make it that far, I can say, God, help me to be like this gentleman who was still passionate about walking with God in his 80s and into his 90s. A simple question in closing. This is directed directed at you men, husbands, and fathers. Do you desire to walk with God, to know Christ, to be sensitive to the Spirit? Do you have a passionate desire to love your wife as Christ loved the church? and to teach and train and admonish your children at whatever age they may be at. Where's your desire? I'm not talking about where you may be and how you're responding, but where's your desire? Is it one of God? I want to be holy as you're holy. I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I want to teach and train and admonish my children for your glory. Where's your desire? That determines the outcome.
I'm not asking you to make sure you have every action correct and you do everything well in responding to your wife and But where's your character? Where's the desire? Would to God that when I die, my children, my grandchildren, and my wife, if they're living when I die, could say, Dad, my husband <coughs> desired to walk with God. I'm going to pray together in a moment. I'm going to do something that we rarely do. And whether you respond in a public way or not is, is no reflection on your spirituality or whatever. But if you would like to publicly just say, I desire to be holy. I desire to walk with God. I want to be a godly husband. I want to be a godly father. I would invite you to come as we pray together. You want to sit in the front pew. You want to kneel as a husband or a father. Just say, I'm willing to publicly share. I'm willing to state publicly that my desire is to know God and to walk with Him. My desire is to be a godly husband and a godly father. That's where I'm at. And I'm willing to publicly share that. So I'm inviting you to come. And if you don't come, that's your choice. I'm not saying you don't have a desire. This is an opportunity to publicly state a desire. No music or anything, just you're willing to publicly share that desire, and then we're going to pray together. So any of you guys want to respond? <clears throat> I'm up front. I want to be here. <clears throat> Father, we as men, as husbands, as fathers, as grandfathers, want to love you. We want to know Christ. We had to walk with, in tune with your spirit. Father, we want to love our wives as Christ loved the church. We want to teach and admonish our children and realizing it depends on their age as to how that would be done and to impact our grandchildren. Father, may we as men resist the enemy. May we as men just have a growing understanding of your power that is at work within us. So often, Father, we want to do right. But we end up responding incorrectly. 
but you give us a growing understanding of your power that is beyond what we can ask or comprehend and how that power applies to day by day walking with you in our jobs and with our families. Give us wisdom and understanding of how to lead, how to love, how to teach, how to train. The freedom, Father, to admit when we blow it. The freedom to come alongside someone in, in our family and say, pray for me. The freedom to ask other men to pray with us and for us. And Father, may we not look at how well we're doing or how our wives or our children may respond, but rather keep a focus on you, realizing that our wives and children have wills of their own and they choose how they will respond. Father, encourage us as men, as husbands, as fathers, as we strive to walk with you and be sensitive to you. When we're discouraged, when we ask someone for a word of encouragement and ask them to pray for us. When we need guidance or wisdom, may we seek you and ask others to help us. Father, keep us on target for your glory. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.